Honestly, it's about time that we have the Chris Beard conversation. It's just got to happen. There's no way around it. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. You know, you can make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. It is a really cool feeling to know that right now we are the Ole Miss Morning Show. So thank you very much for that. All right. We need to start off talking about Chris Beard. Um, We haven't spent a whole lot of time on basketball because, honestly, the season has been extensively over since, like, mid-December at this point. But we were all going forward, and we had hypothetical broadcast of who Ole Miss might look at And Jason Jordan talked about this second week of the NCAA tournament and a G5 coach that makes it into the second second or third round. And that sounds good. I mean, sounds fine. But that was before the Chris Beard news came out yesterday. And that is his charges were dropped for domestic violence by request of his wife from a district attorney that is notoriously hard on domestic violence, citing lack of evidence and the wishes of the wife. Okay? That's the important thing. Now, we as a country right now are very much a ready-fire-aim society. We make up our mind originally, we have a take, we defend it to the death. And whenever the news came out about Chris Beard, whenever it was a month ago or whatever, everybody made up their mind right then and what was happening. Before any evidence, before any trial, before any of the innocent until proven guilty that this society has made important. So, in my opinion, if you just take that, Chris Beard is hireable because there's nothing legally that puts him in jeopardy. Now, the court of public opinion, like we said, you have a take, you defend it till everywhere. We have members of this channel that talk on. We had a group chat came up on this subject last night. They were not potentially happy by that hire. There might be other stuff that comes out whenever you do that and it can come back to bite you. And there's the whole addition the whole issue of well what exactly happened and why was that original pre- police report filed? Never mind the fact that she recanted it later. Why was it filed to start with? Was that the truth or was the recant the truth? That is a problem to where we can't really see what's going on. Now, if you look at programs around the country that could hire Chris Beard, now I'm not talking about for basketball purposes or anything like that, but just could handle the heat that is going to inevitably come from making that hire, if they do. And Ole Miss is absolutely 
in that round. Mississippi State would be the state of Mississippi would be perfect for that because they would be able to handle it. There is apparatuses in place to deal with negative public opinion from the outside. I'm not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's there. So there might be a backlash for 48 hours, the same way it was for Jeff Lebby. Um, over the Baylor stuff, and I realize it's not apples to apples. I'm just saying, talking about public opinion outcry, because every time Jeff Levy gets a job, there's a certain group of people that do whatever they can to try and um, influence public opinion before it happens. Nothing comes of it, and Jeff Levy ends up being a successful coach. Hugh Freeze is going to be hired at Auburn right now. They do not care about what happened in his past. Now, are we at the point as a country when FBI raids are happening on the current sitting president and the ex-president almost on a rotational basis to be able to say that our public institution is about a certain degree of morality? That's interesting to me, the morality play in this. The... The fact that these inanimate objects could, in some sense, have a little bit of morality, which I do not think they do. I think that um, Will Wade, Chris Beard, those guys, if they don't have any charges against him and nothing is holding them back from being hired, I honestly think they should be hired, and I think they will be hired. Somewhere. Somebody is going to take a chance. The moment the news came out of Austin yesterday ensured that Chris Beard was going to get another job. Now, the question is whether or not you want that outcry, that that initial surge that everybody's going to talk about for two days and it's going to go away. Or is that two days going to be too much for you to bear? Can you withstand that? It's interesting because if you look on the court, excellent basketball coach. Won everywhere he's been with players that were not the one-and-done types. Really good basketball coach. And I think that's important to say that because we're not going to pull punches necessarily on this channel. We're going to try to be as real as possible, and that's kind of been our thing since we started. Be real. Tell the truth. The better of a basketball coach he is, the more likely you are to put up with the out, the outcry that comes. So if an assistant coach was went through the same thing that Chris Beard went through a month ago, that guy might not ever get another job in college basketball again. But when somebody that good, with somebody with that resume, does the same thing, all of a sudden you're, well, we can deal with it a little bit. We can deal with whatever's going to come in. And believe me, there are schools around this country that are preparing to take this on. Like I said, I don't know if Ole Miss can or will or should even hire the guy. But I do know that he's going to work. I do know that the fan base is talking specifically about him. I do know that they are interested in what he could bring. And in their mind, they've already done the, 
risk analysis of hiring him and thought that it would be okay. It would be a situation where 80% of the Ole Miss fan base would be completely okay with that hire. Would there be some outcry? Yeah. Would some professors say something behind the scenes? Yeah. Does that matter? No, not even a little bit. See, that's the thing that people need to realize about this. A, first of all, you have to choose to be canceled. And that's what they're trying to do at this point to Chris Beard because they want it to be a court of public opinion thing, a ready, fire, aim thing, which at my heart I do not agree with no matter how skeezy and slimy the person might be. We are still an innocent until proven guilty society. So if that goes away and nothing happened, first of all, he's going to lawyer up and get some of his buyout from Texas. At least he should. Second of all, he's going to be pretty immediately hireable. If you can deal with that 48 hours of outcry before the next story breaks, because the news cycle is so fast now, it's only 48 hours you have to deal with. Hiring, take a weekend vacation. When you come back, it's going to be like nothing happened. Because the one thing that you have to remember about this, okay? They acted on lack of evidence and the wishes of the agree, the, the victim. So everybody talks about believe victims, right? Believe victims. We, we believe all victims. Well, why aren't you believing that one? Who recanted their story or whatever, said that she doesn't want any of this to happen. There should be no arrest. None of that should be an issue. Should we not believe them then? I, I'm not 100% sure how it goes. Again, like I said, I'm not saying he should be hired. I'm not saying he shouldn't be hired. I'm saying the conversation needs to be had. Simple as that. Because you've got a situation now that is building within the Ole Miss fan base. And like I said, if they hired him March 10th, 80% would approve in the fan base. It wouldn't even be close. When you see it online and what's talking, it's such a small percentage of people talking against it. That leaves you with this problem. If you don't hire him and somebody else does and he's successful there, this program is doomed. Interest is already at an all-time low. But if you make that mistake, if you make that judgment, if you if you you lay down that marker against a fan base that's obviously in favor of it, you're going to have a problem. Like I said, Keith Carter might decide that this is all irrelevant and this will never happen and all that, and that's fine. They will weigh the same way. They could end up hiring a G5 coach, the Florida Atlantic coach, but. If Chris Beard gets a job next season and turns that program around and it gets out that Ole Miss chose not to pursue or something like that, whenever they try to some way virtue signal, it's going to be a bad situation. Like I said, not saying they should hire him, not saying they shouldn't hire him. I'm saying that there's a little bit of a problem that is developing in the fan base because now – 
the obstacle that you could easily say, no, we can't do this because of this is gone. Interesting to me. Anyway, in the next segment, we're going to talk about how important the Bama game is in 2024 for Ole Miss football. Should be quite interesting. But right now, I do want to let you know that we've reached the midway point of the NBA season right now. And tonight's, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You might say, hey, Steve, I'm in Hernando. We, we have to go to a casino to use FanDuel. Well, you can go up across to Tennessee because it is available in Tennessee. And if you go visit Memphis, you will be good to go. Um, or if you're in Louisiana and New Orleans, you would, have a, you would be able to do that there. So it's FanDuel Sportsbook. It's pretty great. Anyway, you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to even like threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your new sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, in the first segment, we talked about the Chris Beard conversation that is going around the Ole Miss fan base right now. For better or for worse, whatever's going to happen, we're not advocating one way or another, but this conversation has happened and it is trending one direction. So Ole Miss needs to be careful about that. Like I said, there's certain people that are going to be against it. There's certain people that are going to be really for it, and we will see how it plays out, but we just wanted to let you know the conversation is there. And... Switching gears a little bit to the Alabama game in 2023, all right? The 2023 Alabama game. This game, unbelievably important. Ole Miss opens with Mercer. They get Tulane, and then they have Georgia Tech, and then they go to Alabama. It's it's home against Mercer, on the road against Tulane, home against Georgia Tech, and on the road against Alabama. And this is a huge game. This game is actually closer to what everybody thought the Kentucky game would be last year. It's the benchmark. It's the end of September. It is the get-right game. If Ole Miss can get that game, they have a chance for a successful October, which if you look at it, there's LSU on there. There's Arkansas. There's Auburn. There's really good teams that will be coming in October and it all starts with that Alabama game. I'm looking forward to it. This is the perfect time to get Alabama. You got Now, you have five stars all over the field. Not claiming you don't. There's talent everywhere. There's always going to be talent with Alabama. So when people say, well, they're talented, get yeah, duh. You know, that type situation. What I'm saying is a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, a new running back, no elite wide receivers that have appeared 
Um, you have a tight end in C.J. Dupre that is going to be on that roster. Um, but they're still going to be trying to figure it out. Ole Miss is getting them at the perfect time. Defensively, a new defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele, going to implement a lot of the same stuff that Kirby Smart did, but Kirby Smart was that guy back in the day. Kevin Steele's a good defensive coordinator, but I don't see Alabama going to a five-man front. They're going to run the same defense they always have. So that could be a little clunky as well. We will see exactly what happens, but Ole Miss gets them at a it's as good of a situation as you can get against a Nick Saban team in Alabama. Play them in September, new players everywhere, new quarterback, all of this over. And like I said, I am not saying they're not going to be talented. They're going to be supremely talented as Alabama. But compared to a normal Alabama game, this game is in a better position than it normally is. That's what I'm saying about that. Really great stuff. You know, you also have the Georgia game at the end. It's like a Big Mac sandwich to where you have Alabama, you have Georgia, and in between, you know, what is it, two whole beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onion on a sesame seed bun, something like that. I still remember that when I was like six years old. It's, it's absolutely nuts. I have trouble with math, but I know that. It's, it's crazy. So when you look at that game, just realize exactly what it could be and what it could mean. If you're looking for an Ole Miss team that is going to be poised to make a run like we did a video on earlier in the season, this week, look at this game. Because if Ole Miss can get this game, it gives them flexibility in the rest of their schedule. Alabama against Ole Miss and LSU at home in Tuscaloosa. They're not going to drop both of those games. They might not drop either of those games. So the two toughest games that Alabama is probably going to have to deal with in the SEC West this year, they're at home. But LSU is a little bit later in the season after they, Alabama has a chance to get right, after Ty Simpson and the running back has a chance to get right. So we'll see exactly how it goes. But, you know, Alabama has Ole Miss, Texas A&M, LSU, and that's that's the nearest competitors. Now, Auburn, Mississippi State, somebody like that could probably jump up and get them as well. But those three games are probably going to be the circle games on their schedule. Ball was in the air. Um, with Texas A&M, Ole Miss to beat Alabama against LSU, the ball was in the air, and they actually did beat Alabama. So it's a lot closer than you think it would be. This is not necessarily your grandfather's Alabama. So they're not quite what they were three, four years ago. Still going to be good. Still unbelievably good. But relative to 2019, to 2020, to 2018, that era of Alabama football, this team has taken a step down. A little bit closer to the main. Ole Miss has improved. Between the two, we'll get to see what that that game means. Hopefully Lane Kiffin doesn't pull a 2021 and do his go-for-it thing to where the game is over in the first half. 
just is what it is. Anyway, coming up in the next segment, we have Tim Thomas. He's going to talk about Ole Miss hoops. He's going to a celebration of past champions um, this weekend, I believe. So we'll be able to talk to him about that. We'll talk about talk to him about the Florida Gators, and also we'll have a little bit of the Chris Beard conversation with him as well. So stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, um, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. I'm here with Tim Thomas for his weekly segment on all things Ole Miss basketball. Tim, Ole Miss lost by 15 points to the Florida Gators. It was basically, Ole Miss, this basketball team just plays the same game over and over again, I think. Yeah, disappointing again. Uh, just didn't have enough offense. Uh, the, the announcers all talk about it every, every week. It gets to be old hat, but uh, Morrell had his 15 uh a couple other guys, you know, Brakefield's playing better these days. Uh, Robert Allen is playing a little bit better inside. But when it comes down to it, they can't make the shot. They throw the ball away. Uh, important times of the game, key times of the game where a play's got to be made, it don't happen. It just don't happen. He's trying, Ty Fagan and some of the other guys that to try to give him a boost with some veterans, but it, it's not happening. It, it, it's a lost cause. I, I re- I'm really sorry to say that because I, I was on uh, Kermit's bandwagon when he got here, and I was thinking – you know, that things could look up. But for whatever reason, I'm not sure. You know, my thing is weightlifting. Their shooting is horrendous. Their shooting is terrible. Uh, I think their three-point shooting was 25% last night. Florida's was 60%. A little bit Good. different, sir. And then 25% is probably high. That's probably on the high side for Ole Miss. So there's issues there, uh, and it, it just accumulates. And they were playing away from home. It's hard to win away from home. But uh, – they're not very good, and Kermit's in trouble with his job, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, this is a weird transition, but we're, we're going to try and get there. Um, it was announced, I think, yesterday, the day before yesterday, that the charges against Chris Beard for domestic violence was uh, is being dropped, which means that he is legally in no jeopardy and Basically, it ensures that somebody is going to hire him to coach their basketball team maybe as soon as next year. Can Ole Miss go down that road? Is that something that Ole Miss could do? I think it's something that Keith Carter needs to look at. You know, there's always two sides to every story, as you well know, and I'm not sure what happened. They said it was his girlfriend, fiance, uh, some kind of little spat. She has since come forward and said that, it was self-defense, what he did to her. So you never know for sure, and that's something that uh, Keith Carter can check in and really check this whole story out, check his background. He's from Texas, had a great year going. They're still doing good with the assistant coach, but uh, he was at Texas Tech, had some great years there. Uh, he's a really great coach, and, and if they if Keith checks him out and he, he fits the mode, I know a, a fellow that kind of a basketball insider, Jeff Goodman, I saw an interview with him, and he's already predicted this going to happen. What he knows or what he's just throwing out there, you know, I don't know. But he's a basketball insider on the, the show, The Rally. I saw where he had comments in the video about that. And and Neil McCready, the, the guy that uh, – the uh, Rebel Grove guy here, he's already predicting that maybe Chris Beard. Also, a couple out there, um, Dusty May, we've talked about. I think you mentioned him from FAU. Uh, 
a guy, Kelsey, I think a, a coach for uh, the College of Charleston. And then the, even uh, I also read that maybe Chris Holtzman, the Ohio State guy, might want to get in the SEC. That's probably far-fetched, but I saw that name also. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, and everybody feels bad for Kermit because by all accounts, he's just a really great guy. And it's just uh, it's a terrible situation that just didn't work out um, one way or another this season. But I think this is important that whoever Keith Carter decides to hire next, and it doesn't matter if it's Chris Beard or Will Wade or these G5 guys, Whoever they bring in to coach this job, the number one job is to get attention to this program. From the fan base, from the administration, from the national relevance, get attention. Then bring hope into the process. And once you have that attention and hope, you can ascend relatively quickly. It's kind of like the uh, Lane Kiffin hire a few years back. When he comes into the room, people notice. People look and want to be aware. He's great Twitter, Twitter, uh, lot, a lot of views from a lot of Twitter, a lot of followers. I'm sorry. And he, that's what you got to get. You got to get a basketball guy like a Chris Beard, Chris uh, Holtzman, or one of these guys that really has a lot of attention to get the uh, Rebel fan base back fired up, to get the pavilion full every week, like a lot of these other places you see that are just packed with, you know, the kids are involved, the students are all on the side of the uh, the, the floor there, just really excited and loud, you know, just back to the back, back to the old days. I remember several of our old days uh, back in the day when we had some big, huge crowds. We were very successful to an extent. Uh, so we'll talk about the SEC tournament in a minute, but we were successful, went to NCAA uh, tournament one time, went to NIT a couple of times, so we had some good years back then. And we had a good crowd back in the old Tad Pad, even though it's kind of dark and dreary these days, I guess. But it, it was an awesome atmosphere, and I would love to see us get that back. Yeah, I remember um, early on when I was at Ole Miss, the first time I went there was like 97. So it was Rob Evans. It was those teams, like Keith Carter playing, Mike White. And Rob Evans had the idea of letting the players come into the, onto the court through the student section. And it was a really cool thing. You know, one game, um, Ole Miss beat Kentucky in the tad pad. Dick Vitale was there. A big moment in 97. So basketball at Ole Miss can be meaningful, but they're going to have to work at it a little bit. Now, you talked about it a little bit earlier. This weekend is the celebration for the Marshall Henderson Murphy Holloway 2013 basketball team that won an SEC championship. Tim, you're going to go visit as an alumnus um, of the school and a basketball player and all that that went through it. And also, you're probably one of about 25 players that knows what it's like to have a men's basketball SEC tournament championship. Yeah, I got to... Big old ring to show for it. I know the uh, baseball team, they just showing off their rings. I got a pretty nice one myself. Of course, it's, it's older ring, but it, it's probably worth something. But, yeah, it's a 10-year reunion this Saturday against Mississippi State, uh, 2.30 game. Uh, they bring them back, Marshall, uh, Buckner. Uh, there's several guys. Jarvis Summers was really good. Uh, several guys on that team are really good. But back in 1981, if any of you guys can remember that far, if you were born yet, uh, we won it. We was in, it was at Birmingham in the Birmingham Civic Center. That's where they held it every year. It was close to the SEC office. 
Uh, we beat Georgia. They had a little player that was pretty good back in those days, Dominic Wilkins. He was really good. You could tell that he was going to be a, a great player. and he, he could really show out and dunk the ball and shoot the ball really well and played many years, and he's a NBA Hall of Famer. But we beat him. We beat him and the team. We were behind just a few points at halftime. Uh, Elson, was a, Elson Turner was our best player. Carlos Clark, Chun Tui was a point guard. And we uh, we were behind a little bit. And Coach Welling, our coach, he said, uh, Elson, you're our best defensive player. You're supposed to be guard Dominic. And he's scoring all these points. What's the story? Might have been a little harsher words than that. I'll just paraphrase. But he uh, he said, well, Elson, since you don't seem like you want to play defense, we'll just let you sit on the bench with me coming back at the second half until you let me know that you, you're uh, wanting to play and want to guard Dominic because he knew if we stopped him, we could win this game. It was the SEC tournament championship, and Ole Miss had never been there at, that I recollect in the tournament. So uh, Elsa was on the bench, and he uh, evidently him and Coach Willie had some eye contact. I'm not sure what happened. Might have been a moment there. I don't know, but it really helped. So I'm glad he put Elson back in really quick after the uh, second half started. But Elson clamped down on, Elson, on uh, Dominic. And score. he scored a few, but uh, no way to stop him. Yeah. Many, many NBA teams tried that, but we won a championship. Uh, if you see pictures, Sean Tui's on top of one rim, the goal on one end, and Elson's on top of another. They're just standing there on top of the rim. You know, it's a pretty awesome sight, and it was the best uh, sports moment for me. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool because a men's basketball championship in the SEC tournament, there's not many people that can draw back on those stories. So, this weekend against State, Marshall Henderson and Reginald Buckner and Murphy Holloway and those guys coming back, they deserve to be celebrated. That was a big moment. I remember that game against the Florida Gators. That was the one where Marshall Henderson did the the Gator chomp all the way down the court with like five minutes to go in the game. And it was like, okay, th- these guys are feeling it a little bit. And, you know, when they were on, they were really on. That was a really good basketball team. I think that basketball team ended up winning like 27 or 28 games that year. Yeah, Marshall Henderson was never really bashful. He, he never was a bashful type guy. Great offensive player. Not sure he played a lick of defense, but he uh, motivated the crowd. Like we was talking about, we got to have people like that. We got to get recruits like that to come in and motivate the crowd and, and the coach uh, be a person that people look up to. They want to come and support and Hopefully that'll come soon. But also, when we won the SEC tournament, we got to go play Kansas. Ooh, great, we got to play Kansas in the first round. Actually, we played them at Wichita State, uh, their their arena. It was a cool game. We we uh, nearly beat them. It's a, we had them right there at the end. They had a kid named Darnell Valentine just kind of beat us right there at the end. But we uh, played well. We had a chance. I think it was just two points, maybe three points at the end that we could advance to the next round. But we didn't. But uh, I think that this uh, team coming in, yeah, the 2013 team, excuse me, they were very good. Marshall led the way. You talk about Buckner and some of those guys. Uh, Jarvis Summers, really good. Uh, I enjoyed watching them back in the day. Yeah, they were they were a lot of fun. Um, Andy Kennedy's teams in Nashville, that, um, if I remember correctly, that SEC tournament was played. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand-new podcast, Locked on college basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on college basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Tim, thank you very much for stopping by today. And um, I guess let's get ready for um, that Mississippi State game this weekend. 
Yeah, it, it's possible we could win that game. Uh, then we go to Auburn the next week, which is probably doubtful at their place. <clears throat> then we come back. <clears throat> excuse me, I got a cold. Then we come back home and play LSU, and they're worse than we are. They're one and twelve. I think we're two and eleven. Uh, South Carolina's two and eleven, and you got a couple other guys up there fighting for that four spot for the first day uh, of SEC tournament. But we could we could beat it. We could beat Mississippi State. They're playing pretty well, but. We'll get them at home if a few things turn our way and Morrell really starts shooting well, which I don't know if it's possible. He's had a rough year. And because of his rough year, we've had a rough year. Not just him, but Ruffin and several other guys have not come through like they thought they would. But I, I'm looking for a win. I'm trying to be optimistic. So uh, let's go get them this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. God bless. 